Kaiser Place, let's talk about it. Um, there's been a history of some reported satanic activity. We don't need a motel. We, we stay the night, it's what we do. Yeah, I really don't think they've told you all enough about the place. What do you think this is, some Saturday morning cartoon show? <laughs> This is totally haunted. Kids are always breaking in here. Their Ouija boards doing a little ceremonies. Do you know what kind of occult practices they're using? Uh, sticks on the floor, I guess. That's a pentagram. You know what happens to real detectives? They get killed. Everyone, this is Gruesome Herzog, my fellow co-host John Gilling. We have a special guest, a talented filmmaker in the making. It's Spencer Parsons. He's the mastermind behind Saturday Morning Mystery, and what a fucking film it was. How you doing, Spencer? Good. How are you? Great. Uh, John um, mentioned to me, I noticed that he uh, was watching uh, Saturday Morning Mystery. He said, damn it, I have to go check this out. So I went and got it and watched it, and boy, oh boy, what a film. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm really glad you you guys enjoyed it. Uh, it was uh, fun to make. Well, well, John, you can go first. You are the one that uh, saw it first, and uh, go ahead and uh, start it off. Okay. Um. Uh, what gave you the idea to to make this film in the beginning? Well, you know, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, uh, my producers, Jason Whaling and Johnny Mars, uh, have been trying to raise money. Uh, from uh, from these couple of uh, of guys who are involved in filmmaking, but also involved in real estate um, in Austin uh, for for some time, and you know, not, the right project uh, for them to collaborate on hadn't come along as yet. But then um, uh, these dudes, they've been in contact with Clark and Jesse Lida, who became you know uh, an executive producer and producer of the film, uh, respectively. Uh, they had just bought this uh, this new house. Um, that they were, you know, a mansion really. That they were like flipping into uh, a kind of bed and breakfast and event space. And as they were touring around this this new mansion that they had bought, you know, I guess as as the sun was going down, uh, it was uh, it was looking kind of creepy to them, you know, sort of empty and in, in some disrepair. And uh, and and so they uh, they got this idea to call Jason and Johnny. Uh, and said, "Hey, we've been wanting to make a movie together for a while. What, would you guys be interested in uh, shooting a horror film in this uh, in this new house that we bought?" And uh, and so Jason and Johnny checked it out, and they were like, "Yeah, this uh, this sounds great." Uh, the one catch was that the movie would have to be made before uh, renovations were going to commence, uh, and uh, so that seemed all right. And they were like, "Well, when does that happen?" And the answer was uh, re- renovations start in five weeks. So starting the clock from there, we basically had five weeks to come up with, uh, and that's when Jason and Johnny called me uh, and said, "Hey, do you want to direct a horror film uh, in a schedule of about ten days on like no money uh, with three weeks from now?" Uh, and I said, "Hey, sure, let's do it." Uh, so um, so yeah, that's kind of how it came together. Was the house came first. 
But then we didn't have like a screenplay sitting around. There wasn't really uh, a particular idea, you know, that anybody had uh, going into it. It was just like make uh, make a horror film in in this uh, spooky house. And so before they even came to talk to me about it, um, Jason and Johnny talked about a lot of different ideas. And of course, you know, a big old creepy house. They were thinking haunted house, and they they started thinking about people going in to investigate a haunted house. And they had all these different ideas. And every time they get to a certain point, they'd be like, "No, no, 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 that sounds too much like Scooby Doo." And they did that about ten times. And then after ten times, they were like, "Hey, maybe we should actually embrace this and do something that's kind of like Scooby Doo." Um, so they presented that idea to me. They were like, let's do this, you know, really gnarly, really crazy, hard R Scooby-Doo with, uh, with, with violence and, and crazy sex and stuff. And, um, and I'll admit, initially I was a little, I, I wanted to work with them. I wanted to go ahead and make a new movie. I'd been trying to get, you know, another horror film off the ground for a while. Uh, and it wasn't quite happening. So, you know, feeling fairly mercenary, of course I was like, yes, but then, uh, I admit that I I, uh, I kind of didn't really like the idea at first. I was like, oh well, you know, hard R Scooby Doo, that that doesn't seem so exciting and interesting to me. And I while we were talking, I kept trying to push them more towards uh, you know like a full on Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of project. Uh, and um, as our ideas came together and sort of swum around with each other, uh, you know, they pointed out to me that, like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is about five kids in a van who show up at a spooky house, and then bad stuff happens. And I was like, yeah, that's a very good point. And, you know, we just have a dog instead of a guy in a wheelchair, and, you know, there we go. Um, so so I came around on the Scooby-Doo thing, and then it was actually kind of interesting to do that, because... Um, even though I was wary about starting off from a point of doing like a, a sort of live action cartoon, uh, it, it, it actually, you know, as a tonal idea, it, it, it created an interesting opportunity to maybe catch the audience a little bit off guard. You know, like I think, I think the expectation with this sort of thing is that it's going to be more like a scary movie style spoof. You know, it may be really bloody, maybe really dirty, but like definitely in a spoof zone. Uh, and, and I, I, I was really, you know, grateful for the opportunity to kind of, um, take the initial concept and then really run with it more in a traditional horror movie direction um, and uh, yeah maybe have this group of folks that think they're like Scooby-Doo or they have a business model that's maybe a little too much like Scooby-Doo and then have them run afoul of something you know really really bad um, so that was kind of how it came together it's a weird story wow well I can tell you one thing Spencer uh you know, when I started watching the film, it's like, this is fucking going to be great because it ha- it does have that Scooby-Doo feel. And I really don't think the film would have worked as well if it didn't have the Scooby-Doo feel. And plus, you know, when you're watching this film, uh, you're thinking it's typical kids going into Vess's haunted house. But then it had another story that really set the tone of this movie that really escalated this film to where, I'll be honest, uh, better than what I thought it was going to be when I first started watching it. And, and bravo to you, because that really topped it off. It really oh, it really did. Well, and one of the things, too, I mean, it was it was like kind of exciting uh, as well, because, you know, again, maybe I wasn't as into the Scooby-Doo idea at first, but then eventually it became something that I could really... Uh, embrace and go with because uh, you know for instance when we were doing the opening titles uh, and and uh, you know we planned on that you know pretty much from the beginning that we would like 
introduce our our cartoon crew through an opening title sequence where we we uh, you know kind of tell who they all are you know like a lot of uh, a lot of car- cartoons or like Knight Rider or you know those the six million dollar man you know those kinds of shows would begin with this this sort of like you know mythology and uh, and and so the, the the crossover that we found was like well what if what if we made it kind of look and feel a little bit like the opening credits of uh, Reanimator, but we have like this Scooby-Doo kind of uh, narration going over it, and that stuff actually fit together pretty well because Reanimator is is actually in a way kind of cartoonish, but then goes beyond. And so, you know, I just I just took a lot of uh, inspiration from great movies like that, especially the like '80s, uh, the the more gnarly like '80s horror comedies, uh, and uh, and and tried to chase chase that kind of aesthetic, and you know, hopefully. Sounds like we made it, you know, pretty fun and surprising and better than you expected. Amen. So, John, um, you saw before. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. You saw yeah. before oh, I did. Me. Now, I'm going to try and get you involved in this conversation because I can, I can almost take over. But, uh, John, when you when, when you watched this film, you, you, I noticed that you saw it. Uh, what was your. You say you like it, but what was it that really got you hooked? I think it's just such a well-made film. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to say this um, while he's on here. That all, all, all of the cast was just absolutely fantastic. Is it, is it the first time that they've worked together? Uh, some of the folks in the cast had worked together before. I mean, a lot yeah. of a lot of us knew each other to some degree, and then there were a couple of folks that came in as ringers. Um, but uh, you know, basically. Basically, it was kind of like you know Johnny Mars and I. You know, he plays Floyd, and he's uh, one of the producers. Um, uh, he and I are good friends, and he's been in a bunch of my movies. I mean, he's like he's in small roles and big roles, you know, both in uh, in, in several of my past films. Uh, and uh, Sonny Carl Davis, um, uh, who's kind of B movie royalty. I mean, like he was in Terror Vision uh, on the one end, but then he's also in Melvin and Howard. Uh, you know, the Jonathan Demme movie. Uh, I guess on the other end of the like taste spectrum, uh, you know, he's he's a guy that I had worked with uh, before on a short film that I made in Austin a few years back, uh, and he came in and played the angry cop at the beginning of the film, uh, and we all kind of called in different uh, different favors and different folks that we knew, um, and uh, Josephine Decker who plays Gwen, uh, none of us knew her, uh, but. Um, uh, a friend of mine, Joe Swanberg, had made a couple of movies that she was in, and I asked Joe, "How do I get in touch with Josephine? Because I think she's terrific, and she'd be good, you know, as this kind of Daphne character in um, in, in this horror film." And he was like, "Oh, she'll be totally down with that." And I called her, and instantly we could tell that it was going to be a good time working together. Um, so it was this cast that sort of came together like almost by magic, um, and then they were really they were really great, you know, working with each other. We didn't have much time for rehearsal. We didn't really have a lot of time for people to hang out, you know, in advance of the shoot. Because right. it was like people all came together and arrived, you know, just before the shoot started. Wow. But um, but then, you know, it was kind of the experience of making it was, like, so fast and crazy and intense that, like, you know, people couldn't help, like, just being forced close to, to one another and learning a lot about each other, you know, while they were working. So they got to be this, like, tight group of friends, this sort of, you know, unit in the film. And uh, I'm glad their performances come across, because that's really 
Like, you know, ultimately, that's the most important thing to me. Uh, there are definitely horror films that don't have good performances that I love. Um, but I feel like, in general, like, that's a very small, you know, that's, that's a very small subset of films. And you gotta really have something else going on. And I think for the audience, you know, you gotta, you gotta believe the characters first, or it's not gonna be scary. Yeah. Right. Did it, did it, um, did this film come out with a different title yeah. in the States to everywhere else? Um, yeah, well, you know, it's funny. The original title is Saturday Morning Massacre. Um, that's, that's what we, we debuted with on the, on the festival circuit. Uh, and that's what we were going to have until an interesting issue in my own country. Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out the best, most diplomatic way to express this. Um, basically, there's a very large, uh, you know, a retail seller of like everything that sells, you know, DVDs and music and clothes and guns and all kinds of stuff. And it's important to mention the guns. Um, that uh, when they received the film, it was just a couple of weeks after um, the Sandy Hook massacre. Uh, and they, this, this retailer said, uh, you're going to have to take the word massacre out of the title of your movie uh, we don't think it's good to have on our shelves right now you know following a you know a massacre that happened in which a bunch of children were killed by a crazy guy with guns right so uh, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of other weirdness and, and and whatnot but basically that started the ball rolling in a certain direction to change the title um, uh, I will say I'm not as I'm not very happy with Saturday Morning Mystery. Um, I I think that, that's a that's a fine parody title if we were really parodying um, you know Saturday Morning cartoons in a in a more spoofy and comedy kind of way and less of a horror movie way. Um, uh, and so we suggested some other kinds of options, but the 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 distributor opted with uh, you know Saturday Morning Mystery. Um, but then Redbox really liked the, the original title of Saturday Morning Massacre. So within the U.S., it's now running under two different titles because Redbox preferred Massacre over Mystery. Uh, and our distributor originally put it out as Mystery in order to get this other, you know, uh, entity to sell it. So it's, it's been confusion. But I think, I think outside of the U.S., it's going to be Saturday Morning Massacre. And, and I think that's generally a good thing because it's sort of, you know, as a title, it's a little bit more unexpected to have Massacre at the end. Um, and then as my mom, you know, who, like, teaches Sunday school, noted when she saw it uh, and then heard that the title was maybe going to be changed, she was like, oh, no, that movie needs a warning. Like, people should know that it's a horror film. And if it's a <laughs> mystery, they won't know. Uh, uh, so I, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of trust my mom's, you know, commercial judgment in a case like that. Um so I think it, I think it's better with uh, with with massacre than mystery. But I've also heard from folks who were that much more surprised when it went off the rails into horror and really liked that experience. Right. You right. know, when they saw it as mystery and they were they were like, oh well, I really didn't see this coming. So uh, it's it's great. It, it, that's that's great. And I I really I love how the title works uh, for for that particular crowd. But you might have noticed in the movie there's sort of a countdown where we've got these titles going that that are counting down to Saturday. And, you know, if it's called Saturday Morning Massacre, then as it's counting down, you're expecting a massacre to come up on Saturday. Whereas, like, if it's called Saturday Morning Mystery, you've got to count down to a mystery. And I don't know if that works as well in the plot. Well, one thing I, one thing I will say is um, 
I, I did overlook this movie quite a few times because of the title, Saturday Morning Mystery, because I didn't think it was a horror movie like you just mentioned. And then when I noticed the artwork on the Internet, that Saturday Morning Massacre, that's when I <laughs> went to go get this and see it. So I was kind of fooled by the title, and I think uh, other people are probably fooled by this title. So I think with Redbox, if I'm mistaken, Redbox has it in my area. That's where I saw it. Right. And uh, I do know that I've talked to a bunch of the Redbox guys that come and you know put movies in each week, and they have been saying that that movie is very popular getting rented. So, oh, so that's a good thing. That's great. That's great. I hope so. Um, you know, it's good to uh, we 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 didn't make it for too much money. So uh, the you know if if a lot of people rent it, then we'll get to profit a lot faster. So that's nice to hear. Well, I can tell you one thing: you wouldn't know it that it's, it's no budget. I mean, I've reviewed a lot of no-budget films, and and with this film, unless you're one of these reviewers that, that think that they're experts in filmmaking and they're going to bang on everything, to yeah. me, I didn't see anything wrong with this film whatsoever. Oh, thanks. Thank so. you. I mean, there are definitely some, like, there are definitely some rough edges for me, but that was something we really, you know, worked hard to do, and I had a very seasoned... But a very seasoned crew on the film that actually was a crew that we could have only gotten for this budget, you know, by shooting it in only 10 days. Right. Because, like, you know, the short shoot made it possible for them to take their time off from other jobs or, you know, to go for a brief period without getting paid, you know, up front. Um, and, uh, and so it, it allowed us to have a, a, a more seasoned crew and to, to do it up pretty well. And our special effects folks from Hogfly Productions were... Uh, they they were phenomenal, and um, I guess you know one thing that was like beyond our budget is uh, not to give away too much of a spoiler, but we do have a scene where somebody is cut in half, and there are guts all over the floor. And originally, when we came up with the idea for the the you know for for that scene, you know the there were people I, I that was one that I was really pulling for, and there were folks going, "How are we going to do that?" And I kind of told them how we could do the special effect, and they're like, "Okay, that makes sense." But then where are the guts going to come from? And I was like, "We're going to go to the abattoir." We're gonna get a butcher to give us a bunch of pig guts. It'll be like Ramiro, and uh, and the funny thing is, we didn't have to do that. And uh, even though I was totally ready, and the actress was totally ready for the the stage to get covered in pig guts, right. Hogfly had ten thousand dollars worth of uh, silicone guts left over from machete uh, that they brought in. And so you know, we we have we have a. Uh, a special, uh, I guess, cameo by Guts from Machete uh, in the film. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was like you know, really fun pulling together, um, uh, you know, production and and yeah, just doing our best to make it look as as legit as possible. And like, I still have some problems with our fire effects that we have for like when the van burns. But I felt a lot better after I saw some really big budget movies where their fire looked even worse than ours. So it's all right. Hollywood did even worse. We're good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, again, the movie is is one of these films that it just surprises the hell out of you. I mean, a lot of Scooby Doo fans. Now, granted, it's not supposed to be like Scooby Doo, but a lot of Scooby Doo fans are really grasping to this film. So I think. In, in the long run, it was smart, because now you're going to have all the Scooby-Doo fans checking this out, yep. and along with the horror fan, the genre. 
Yeah, well, and you know, one thing about Scooby-Doo that I, I, I just want to mention, and it's it's a reason why I'm glad that we went in the more hardcore horror direction, and I know there will be some folks disappointed by that, uh, in part because they don't want to see uh, these kinds of characters that they really loved as kids. They, they want to see them in scary situations, but they don't necessarily want to see them cut up. Um, and I And I get that, I understand that, but like, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the new Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. episodes. No. Uh, that show is fantastic, and it's it's like they have Udo Kier as a guest voice on that show. Like wow. they're already there into the realm of like you know the the really funny kind of Venture Brothers style spoof. It's really really clever. It's really surreal and it's odd, you know. And again, like. That's that's not Udo Kier as a one-off. He's a regular character occurring on that show. Wow. So it's it's uh so like that Mystery Inc. It's all, that's already so good that I'm glad that we went in a very different direction because I didn't know that that existed until just a couple of months ago. And then when I saw it, I was like, wow, big sigh of relief because I'm a huge huge fan of that new Scooby Doo show, and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to like be trying to do anything close to it. Oh wow. See, I I don't I haven't watched it so. Oh, dude, you got to check it out. It's so good. I mean, it's it's like a it's like a less dirty, less racy, you know, sort of Venture Brothers or you know Archer kind of uh, kind of show. It's it's like Venture Brothers actually for kids, but it's really really fun and uh, you know very surprisingly smart and meta and everything. It's it's a great show. Cool, excellent. Now, go ahead, John. Go on. No, I was going to say because I've dropped another name who's done some Scooby Doo voice work. Adrian Barbo. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> 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 Gruesome knows I'm trying to drop a name every episode. Um, <laughs> the bit with the van, the bit with the van, I don't think, I don't think the fire in the camper ma- matters that much, to be honest, because when I was first watching it, they're, they're saying to each other, aren't they, um, is that van on fire or, or are we just tripping? Right. So at that moment... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, and that that was kind of you know that that was kind of deliberate uh, you know as a stylistic thing because I didn't know how the fire was going to turn out, and so it was a big important thing to make that sequence uh, as trippy as possible so that we could get yeah. away with a little bit of stylization. Yeah, it's, it's called yeah, trigography. I think, that really, I think yeah. that really works. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. I, it worries me all the time. Like the first. The first version of it that I showed to some friends, you know, and this was this was bef- way before it was done. But when we had like a rough cut and we showed it to some friends, uh, there were people that said afterwards, "Everything looks really good, except that that fire is out of Birdemic," and uh, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, um, you got a little uh, hidden gem here. I think that. Uh it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be very popular for a long for a long while even the ones that haven't had a chance to see it but it's this movie could be one of them iconic films you know as far as the mystery the uh, you know a um, I guess you can say by surprise horror film because again when you're watching this you're they're tripping out drugs and stuff and there's sex and stuff but then there's another story that's that you don't even see coming. And that's, I think that's what makes this movie such a outstanding film is it, it goes to a complete left turn and it's just, it's just brilliant. 
Awesome, thanks. I mean, that well, that's yeah. that's the kind of film that I like to watch. So that's the kind of film I, you know, whatever the genre, um, you know, because my my first feature is actually a totally different genre. It's more like a romantic comedy, but that's actually similar in kind of taking the turn for a romantic comedy that you don't really expect. And I feel like that's so important because I go to so many films where I can like map out exactly what's going to happen by the end. And I just don't want to, I personally don't want to give that experience to other people if I'm going to make a film. So I really, I really appreciate it because I, I work real, very hard to like surprise because that's what I want out of a film. Right. Now, John, you're in England now. The title that you got, was it called Saturday Morning Mystery? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now, do you remember you sent me a mes- message saying, uh, it's also known as Saturday Morning Massacre. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. My boss. Um, now, is it pretty popular in your area? I mean, I mean, it, there is Redbox in England, right? Um, I don't think we have Redbox. Not yet. No. There. Uh, well, I can't. I can't speak too soon. Um, but there, I, I can say, I can say that there is in the works, uh, a, you know, a deal to distribute in England. Um, so you know, everybody, you know, knock on wood, cross your fingers, and everything. I don't want to jinx it, but we're we're far enough along that I feel uh, I feel like I can say it's in the works for it to play in the UK. Nice. Well, I can tell you one thing, John. I already got a big jump start because uh, um, you know him being in England and, and reviewing it, and I'm sure people in England are seeing his reviews. So you know, it, it, it's amazing what a reviewer can do if they see it. And, you know, hey, you never know. You know. Yeah. So, it, one of one of the things I wanted to mention. It's interesting saying about like romantic or whatever, yeah, because you you get the bit where uh, Chad has sex with Gwen. After right. the sex with her, he start he starts telling her that she's a whore. Right. I, I love the I love the bit that she slaps him around the face, and then she says to him, "It's still in a short period." Then she says, says to him, "I'm going to go and get dressed, and when I come back, you can apologise." <laughs> and then he gets to the Gets to a gets a really tender moment where they're talking about loving each other and you know it's everything's slowing right down and then as soon as Chad lays down and he sees the the dog with a hand from that moment you're hit and everything moves from there so it, it like takes you to the slowest moment and then you start running yeah yeah I it, it's it, that's that's actually uh, it's it, it, that's a part of the movie that I, I I really I really love and and that I'm I'm excited when people get it because there are also definitely folks that like have complained that it all all of a sudden turns into a Lifetime original movie for a while, and I'm cool with that. I kind of you know I think Lifetime original movies are sort of an no, interesting really, touchstone. <laughs> yeah, that that really works. That really does work. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, because you know it's uh, it's the slow moment before we're going to ramp up, and hopefully it's another way that we can like mess around with uh, the rhythm and. You know, syncopate it a little bit. You know, get people a little bit more surprised as we as we hit it. Um, but yeah, I really always wanted to take those characters seriously. I mean, like you know, Gwen and Chad, they're based on like, they're, you know, they're 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 based on Fred and Daphne, who are nobody's nobody's really nobody's favorite is Fred or Daphne. Uh, I don't think I, I didn't know any kids that their favorite was Fred or Daphne. I mean, it was really basically, do you like Shaggy, Scooby, or Velma? Those are the yeah. really yeah. great popular characters. Um, and I think, you know, Gwen and Chad are probably still lower in terms of the popular character zone, but we worked really hard to, like, uh, sort of play with 
what makes them not the most fun, you know, and kind of dumb, but then also try to, you know, look at them as as uh, people. Um, and they might be kind of dull people, but they're they have their they have, they're they're interesting. I sort of fell in love with them. They're my favorites. Yeah. It, so you know, before I let you go, um, yep. we're running out of time here, but um, real quickly now, you ha- obviously you had premieres, correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. So we, we we did the festival circuit, um, and uh, and now uh, now we're we're out in, in you know officially in the U.S. and we've got a a couple of more uh, theatrical dates in Los Angeles coming up at midnight at the Lemley NoHo on uh, September twenty seventh and twenty eighth. Cool. Uh, yeah. Now, what was the reception, real quick, on on when it was first being shown at some of these festivals? You know, at festivals, it's been really, really great. Uh, we've gotten really, really warm audiences, warm reception, and you know, for the uh, for the most part, you know, uh, I, I watch a lot of the reviews, and it's been more more good than bad. But man, the people that don't like the movie, and especially since it's come out on VOD and you know through Redbox and everything, the people that don't like the movie really don't like it, and they they go on and on uh, about, you know, what a, what a piece of garbage they think it is in their reviews. But, you know, you put something out in the world, and that's then them's the breaks. Um, oh, sure. I, I, guess, I guess there's also a little bit of a side to it where we, when we approached it, we were feeling fairly punk rock about the whole thing, and there's a lot where we made choices that we knew would piss some people off, and it's like, well, that's then they're pissed off, and we made that deal. You know, that's what you do. So... Yeah, well, you know, you're not going to please everybody. Nope. So, uh, you know, the good overrules the bad. You know what? But, but bad press is good press too. So I guess it works both ways. No, no, totally. And so there, like, uh, you know, some of the reviews uh, have said things in a certain way where I'm like, ah, you have the kind of aesthetics that you support the kind of movies that I don't really like. So I'm glad you had a bad experience. Exactly. This. Let's get in a little fight here. Let's have some. Fisticuffs, and that's a good thing about movies. Like people like different stuff, and so I just wanted to deliver a movie to the. I wanted to deliver the movie in such a way that, like, the folks that were going to like it were going to really like it, and then I don't have to care about the people that wouldn't like it anyway. Right. Not to try to win them over. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, I'm sure there's some, like you mentioned, I'm sure there there's some Scooby Doo fans that despise it. But one thing that I find amazing is when someone wants to hate your movie. All I ask is explain why you don't like it. Don't just go on a rampage. Because usually the ones that just bang on it and have no explanation, chances are they like it. You know, it, it, that's just the way it is. That's how yeah. I see it. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's funny, and we've definitely gotten a couple of those those uh, reviews where I'm like, it seems like you kind of actually liked it and you got it, but then for some reason or other, you got to feel like you got to hate, but. You know, it's it's all right. Uh, we, we've done really well. I've been very excited by people's reception of the movie. It's definitely been a bigger thing than any of us thought it could have been when we were just presented with the idea of like, why don't you make a movie in our spooky old house and like make it, a, you know, start shooting in three weeks. You know, that that's not a that's not a propitious kind of uh, uh, setup. But you know, we all just kind of embraced our inner Roger Corman's and uh, and went for it. Yeah, and I love the killer. You know when you first when you first made an appearance, it's like oh you know it's like wow now we're getting some. I mean again it's a totally left turn and I think that's that's what makes the movie so much better than what you first think when you first start watching because there's a lot of haunted haunted films you know and and sometimes it gets kind of old yeah but when, when people who have not seen this film get it watch it 
and trust me, it kicks in the third gear, it skips second gear, and takes it a whole new level that's going to blow your ass away. That's what i got to say. So, I want to thank you for coming on, Spencer. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Can I Spencer one question? Two que- quick questions. Yes. One. Uh, what's your favorite horror movie? Just out of interest. Uh, you know, I think my all-time favorite, uh, top of the heap is uh, is Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Amen. Uh, I, I I love that movie. It changed my life. It addicted me to gore. Uh, you know, it's like before I saw that movie, I was not into gore and violence, and then afterwards, it was like. Give me more of that, uh, and I had to see every Tom Savini movie after after Dawn of the Dead. So that's that's really a big favorite. Though I have to I have to also give some props to, of course, Texas Chainsaw is brilliant. But the uh, the 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 big the big thing that's really come to uh, to be close to my heart in the last couple of years is the Phantasm series. Like Don Coscarelli's movies are are amazing, and uh, I had seen Phantasm when I was a kid, and I loved it. But I, I saw it again a few years ago, and then I watched all the sequels, not expecting any of them to be very good. And they were all great, and they really yeah. kind of—they're really moving, and they're beautifully surreal. So, got to give the shout out to Phantasm. And um, is it—is it another horror next you plan to do? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the the uh, I've got a, I got a couple of things coming up, uh, you know, pretty pretty soon. Uh, one of them is uh, I consider it horror. I think some some folks will will look at it and see it as more of a, a kind of noir uh, that goes extra dark. Um, and it's uh, it's sort of based on a real crime that involved uh, amnesia and uh, body mutilation and uh, and was 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 pretty gross. Uh, so I've got I've got that in the works uh, coming up next. Uh, I'm, uh, that that one I call Bite Radius, and then uh, and then the other the other film that I'm uh, that, that I'm working on right now, um, and that I hope comes together really soon, is this um, sort of omnibus uh, where where I'm going to do a short section, uh, and uh, Eduardo Sanchez from Blair Witch he's doing a section, and Huck Botko who wrote the uh, the Last Exorcism uh, he's doing one, and Jack Perez. Uh, who did some guy who kills people? Oh, and, I love that movie. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it, It's uh, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's called uh, Ice Cream, You Scream, uh, and all of all of the the segments um, uh, are kind of lightly connected to this ice cream shop uh, cool. where some bad stuff goes down. And um, yeah, my my section is where the worst stuff happens at the ice cream shop. Nice. So, yeah. Very I'm interesting. Excited. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely stay tuned and watch that. So, um, anyways, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, I'm glad I got got in contact with you. Believe it or not, through Twitter of, of all things. Hey, you know, <laughs> great. but it's a great film, and I wish you all the success and for future projects. Thanks so much, and uh, yeah, love your show, and uh, I will keep listening. Thank you very much, John. Anything else? No, thanks for your time, and keep us updated on. Uh on anything else that you're doing because uh, I, I, I was knocked out by this there's two other films uh, The Bloodlet Gruesome Nose and uh, House of Good and Evil and with yours they're, they're my top three, three films this year nice so sweet and John does write his own site it's My Cinema Online I don't know if you saw it online or not oh but his, but his review of, of your film is there so uh yeah, he, John's re- relatively new in the business. I'm, I'm getting him started, and, and he came a long way in a short amount of time, so I'm very proud of him. Sweet. 
So, uh, I, I, I rated it on uh, IMDb for you as well when I watched it. Oh, uh, please, yes, please do. If, when folks like it, please please go to IMDb and uh, and hit those star ratings because we we've definitely uh, we got inundated by some of those haters. But that's what the internet is about. I mean, like people, you know, when they get moved. I, I actually, I kind of, as as it sounded like earlier, I kind of love it. You know, when when uh, when people are are you know angry uh, about something like that's that's great. You know, I would. There's all kinds of art that makes me angry, and that's an exciting thing. Um, that said, uh, <laughs> like the movie, please go and help balance our IMDb star ratings, because I know there are a lot of folks that like it, but those most moved to go on there to IMDb seem to be the haters. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, Spencer. Great right, talking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Great. Take care. Bye. We'll see you. Bye-bye.